Hi, my name is Vicky Huang. Hi, my name is Ang Lee. Welcome to our podcast, Lost Slurp, where two working journalists talk about everything from China, Korean dramas, and Asian food to working in journalism. I hope you enjoy our weekly chit chat. Please hit that subscribe button if you want to stay in touch. Hi, welcome back to episode three of Lost Slurp. This is your host Ang. Hi, everyone. I am your host Vicky. The restaurant business has been hit particularly hard during this global pandemic. That's why today we're going to feature some of the Asian restaurants we frequented before the lockdown to support small businesses. Before we go into that, in the last episode, we introduced a new segment called Chulama, which means "Have you eaten?" Where we talked about the best dishes Ang and I have made or eaten in the past week. So, Ang, what is your best dish of the week? So I've become obsessed with a dish called japaguli,、uh, whose popularity actually crossed over、uh, to the states because of the Oscar-winning、uh, movie *Parasite*. And in this Korean movie, it, it's called the dish. It's actually called ramdong, and I made it this past week following Monkji's recipe,、uh, where you just boil the ramen noodles and drain the water. Uh, you add some black bean sauce and spicy seafood powder, sirloin beef. So I had to add marinated LA gabi、uh, instead of、uh, sirloin beef because I couldn't find any in the local markets I went to. So it was really, really good. And I've had it twice last week, just back to back. What about you? What's your favorite dish of the week? Wow, that sounds so yum. I am super addicted to japaguri as well,、um, but I think I made it so much in the past, right after Parasite came out, that I couldn't bear to have it anymore. <laughs> but yours sounds super delicious.、Um, so this week I was really proud of myself for making a killer kompal chicken,、uh, which is one of the signature Sichuanese dishes that I grew up eating. In Sichuan Province,、uh, it's actually a pretty common dish here in Chinese restaurants in the U.S. But、right. I've often found those to be very greasy and a little bit too sweet, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it seems like those chicken were always breaded for some reason, and it's definitely not supposed to be like that in China, or at least in Sichuan Province. So the Sichuanese way to make it, according to My dad and my family. the The way they made it is to first cut up the chicken, can be the chicken breast,、uh, and then you cut it into small cubes. You marinate the chicken cubes in a sauce comprised of light soy sauce, dark soy sauce,、um, Chinese black vinegar, Shaoxing、uh, cooking wine, as well as ginger, scallions, and garlic. You marinate the chicken for about ten、uh, to twenty minutes. Then,、um, meanwhile, you make a sauce comprised of similar seasonings, and then you stir fry the chicken in the wok、uh, with the sauce that you've pre-made, and then you top it off with roasted peanuts and、uh, a little bit. Scallions and、uh, sesame oil on top. It was really, really delicious, paired with rice. I am so impressed. That sounds like a very difficult dish to make. <laughs> Thank you so much. It can be a little bit procedure heavy in the sense that you need to prepare a lot of ingredients and then seasonings and then garnishes. But 
you know, once you make it like 10 times, um, you just sort of get the hang of it and uh, it becomes like a second nature to, to you. Um, yeah, so I encourage everyone to go uh, make it based on this recipe. Uh, you can DM us uh, in our Instagram, loud.slurp, um, and uh, we'll definitely share the recipe with you on our social media channels. But here's a warning to you guys. This episode is going to be all about food and memories of food and restaurants. So proceed at your caution and don't listen to it just before you go to bed. We're not responsible for any late night snack consumptions. And speaking of late night food consumptions, we have had uh, so many gatherings at some of the restaurants we're going to talk about in this episode. Um, so um, what are some of the restaurants that you cannot wait to rush back to once this lockdown is over? I am actually going to start with this cafe called Grease Street, and it's in the Koreatown in New York. Uh, it is our go-to spot for desserts and tea, coffee, after dinners, or sometimes like brunches, uh, where we always had our late night heart to heart about our fears and struggles, uh, you know, making it in New York as journalists. One of my favorite dishes is the matcha beignets. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's still your favorite. That's definitely one of my favorites. Um, it's definitely the dish that we really stuck to at the very beginning um, when we started going to Grey Street uh, regularly after dinner or brunch uh, or just uh, afternoon get together. Um, but but I think for me later on, as I was exposed to the menu, the full items on the Grey Street menu, I, I think I've also grown to love the... Uh, coconut ube latte a lot uh, as well as the um, you know the ice shave you know the green tea flavor or black sesame flavor Uh, those um, I think we had it more in the summer but I think I just love uh, so many different dishes on the menu but but I agree with you the signature dish for us uh, from Grey Street is definitely the matcha ice cream with bennies that we've ordered like a hundred times yeah, this is a really, really great dish. And if you're having a get together, you know, after the pandemic's over uh, with your friends, I highly recommend this. So basically what it is, it's just beignets, but with refined sugar, uh, <laughs> you know, like spread on top. And you can actually also dip it in the matcha ice cream they serve uh, on the side. And I would say I'm a huge fan of beignets. Uh, and I've been to New Orleans uh, where I had beignets there. And I think this is the only beignets that I have had in New York that is comparable to the beignets from New Orleans. Wow, that's a high praise. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good, especially the matcha, uh, you know, because it's a really sweet dessert. So the matcha ice cream actually, you know, like adds a little bit of a kick to it. So it doesn't feel too heavy. I agree. Um, I think it's actually pretty funny that um, because we share a lot of, um, you know, just uh, heart to heart conversations where uh, sometimes we talk about, you know, what's not going so well in our lives um, during our, you know, tea drinking, dessert consuming session at Gray Street and Every time I feel like we always end up like sugar high from just consuming the the sugared products uh, at Gray Street um, deep into the night. It's it's kind of funny. Other people go to you know drink 
to alleviate their problems, and then we choose desserts uh, to help us、uh, reduce our stress. But I have to say, it's very effective for me, at least. Yeah, that's also because you can't drink much, so that's why we always go to Greek Street instead of drinking more. <laughs> But what would be a good restaurant? Like, what would be a good your recommended restaurant to our listeners? Oh, I I definitely have to go with、um, New Wangzhong Restaurant, which、um, is just a place that's filled with our memories for getting together and celebrating important occasions or just、uh, meeting up for. Like a light meal after、uh, Friday, after getting off from work,、um, we just、uh, spend so much time in that restaurant, waiting in line,、uh, eating good food, and just、um, talking about life. And、um, I have to say,、uh, if I were to choose a signature dish from New Wangzhong, I definitely would have to pin it on、um, budejige, which translates to army base stew in Korean. It is a very spicy and、um, savory、uh, Korean casserole sort of dish, and、um, it actually has a very interesting、uh, historical background connected to it. And I'm just gonna take this part from、uh, Manchi,、uh, you know, the favorite Korean YouTuber and home cook for. Um, both both of us,、um, and on her website, she、uh, sort of summarized、uh, budejige as being invented sort of right after the Korean War,、uh, when the American army that was stationed、um, near a city、um, to Seoul,、uh, they had their food on the army base.、Um, you know things. That can easily be carried, like canned beans, meat, spam, and sausages. And eventually, these ingredients、uh, made their way into the surrounding area of the base. And、um, Koreans started making stew from them.、Uh, they boiled spam, ham, sausages, and beans with, you know, the Korean、uh, food like kimchi, garlic, and hot pepper paste. And together, they created a Korean-style stew with、um, American ingredients. Um, so that that was sort of how the dish、um, is made. Yeah, no, that's a great、uh, you know like summary of this, and it just makes me like salivating while thinking about this dish because we always have it、uh, you know during winter time, and sometimes like we crave it so much that we would even have it like in hot summer. So it has definitely like brought us like so much great memories.、Um, this restaurant and the dish. Definitely, and I think it's just such a heartwarming dish, especially in the middle of the winter.、Uh, I mean, it tastes really good during the summer as well because it's so savory and flavorful. But、um, in the winter, it's it's especially、um, heartwarming because it's like a warm casserole and a stew, and it's spicy. So it just sort of、uh, really comforts you、uh, when you're feeling so cold and maybe. Uh, a little bit lonely、uh, during the winter. <laughs> yeah, that was also always the case.、Uh, <laughs> what is another restaurant that you would recommend?、Um, another restaurant, and I, I think we always、uh, frequented a lot before、um, we went into the lockdown was、uh, uh, Gopchan Story Barbecue,、um, in, also in Koreatown. Big surprise! <laughs> we love Koreatown so much. <laughs>、um, And I think one thing that I always remember is that every time we went to visit Gopchan Story,、uh, there's always like a super long line. Sometimes even out the door.、Um, yeah, it's insane. 
whether it's at winter like, or summer. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, at like five p.m. I think even when the uh, because I'm always late uh, for appointments, like for our uh, dinners and uh, appointments. Uh, and I think when you guys went, like you and like one of our other best friend, um, when like the line at five p.m. when the restaurant opens, like it was already the line was out of the door. And up the stairs. Yes, so it will not be hard to find this restaurant in Koreatown、um, because I think it's definitely one of those、um, super popular restaurants、um, that people just、um, uh, have to sort of、um, try very hard to get a spot and then eat fairly quickly so that other、um, people can just go in and take their seat. And、um, what 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 do you think、uh, is A favorite、uh, dish that we've had from that restaurant. I mean, because it's called Gopchang Story, so they <laughs> are known for their beef intestines, like barbecue beef intestines、uh, with scallions and rice cakes on a hot plate, and that's definitely、uh, our favorite because it's just so savory, and the beef intestines like it's very chewy and it smells really, really good and has that umami flavor. Um, so that's definitely one of the you know best dish that I would recommend. Definitely, I I love it how they put the garlic powder、um, on the hot plate、uh, with which they carry out the、um, beef intestines, and then they have the chives and garlic、um, slices、uh, next to it, so you can just mix it mix it together, and then the flavor is just really comforting.、Uh, I was definitely so. Addicted to it、uh, right after you introduce the restaurant to me. So I think as Chinese nationals, like we should also feature some Chinese food, right, Vicky, for our <laughs> listeners. That's right.、Um, I feel very guilty that we haven't mentioned Chinese food. That's because we, I think, we cook Chinese foods a lot、um, in our own kitchens, right? I think you do. Yeah. So that's why when, whenever for me, when I go out、um, to. Order takeout or delivery these days, or just go out into restaurants to eat, which seemed like a fantasy. Like even though it was possible just a few months ago,、um, I always、um, go to Korean restaurants or Thai restaurants,、um, etc. Because I always cook Chinese food a lot at home. But I think there are definitely are foods that I. Would not dream of replicating in my own kitchen because it's just so difficult、um, to make it that delicious.、Uh, and for that, I would definitely recommend the restaurant、uh, Sichuan Mountain House.、Uh, it's somewhere in East Village,、uh, I think near Saint Mark's Place or in that block. It's just such a innovative Sichuanese restaurant. The decor inside is. Just very、uh, classical Chinese style.、Um, they have a little,、um, you pond, know, pond, right? Yeah, a little, little pond, pond there with、uh, the goldfish、uh, swimming in there. It's just very uh, Chinese. Um, but then the dishes are actually very innovative. They have the you know your signature、um, dish like kompao chicken and then shuizhu nuro, which is water boiled、uh, over beef. Overcooked beef,、um, the dish that your mom is so good at making.、Um, yeah, I think this. Yeah, it's definitely comparable to my mom's cooking. So I would give it a five star out of five. <laughs> Amazing.、Uh, so they they have those dishes, but I think they always try to innovate、um, on top of the traditional way of making it.、Uh, so I think whether it's in the way they display、um, the dishes or.、Uh, 
in the way of how to just describe them on their menu. Um, even the English translation, I think uh, it was quite uh, innovative and impressive to me. Um, so I think we were both um, fairly impressed by the restaurant when we went there, uh, which also, um, big surprise, has a long line uh, and a big crowd waiting to get in to taste the dish dishes inside. Um, and I think what's impressive is that most of the people waiting in line, like, you know, most of the customers, they're also Chinese or Asian. Um, and it's so funny because like, I think you get like preferred treatment if you do speak Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we did because, you know, I was speaking Chinese to the hostess and then she like just, you know, like didn't ask us to wait for that long. And I think by the demographics of the uh, customers, you can tell like how authentic that restaurant and the dishes in there are. Mm -hmm, definitely. And one detail that really impressed me and sort of uh, just um, uh, makes me feel assured about it being like an authentic Sichuanese restaurant is that they offer you like Sichuanese pickles before they serve you whatever dishes you uh, would order. That's oh, like yeah, such a... So that's such a Chinese or Sichuanese thing because if I go back to China, like I order uh, food in a restaurant, um, that's the thing they will bring to you before serving you uh, the dishes you would order. So that detail, and also they give you a small pot of tea to you know share with on your with your um, whoever you came with for the dish. Um, that's also a very telling detail about it being like a authentic Sichuanese restaurant. So that was a great experience. It's definitely worthwhile if you can spare a little bit of extra money uh, to have like the authentic Chinese food and have like the great dining experience. But it is a little bit on the higher spectrum, uh, the pricing. So I would say if you're on tight budget, I would recommend actually Xi'an Famous Food instead. And mm -hmm. Vicky, I think you actually first recommended this restaurant to me when it was up and coming. So tell us a little bit more about What's your favorite dish there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I discovered Xi'an Famous Foods um, right after I moved to New York uh, from New Hampshire, where I attended college. Um, I think it was, you know, really hard to find authentic Chinese food in New Hampshire, um, especially spicy Chinese food. So as soon as I came to New York, I, of course, uh, went to explore in Chinatown both in Manhattan and Flushing. And there I discovered Xi'an Famous Foods. Um, they offer like a variety of uh, spicy noodle dishes uh, from Xi'an, China. And the noodles, uh, they're very special because they're wide and uh, they're long. So they're very chewy. Uh, so sorry, I'm kind of salivating right now. Just the memories of Xi'an Famous Foods uh, really are good. torturing me. Um, it's uh, so delicious and the best part about it is that it's very affordable and, and not pricey at all by New York standards or actually just by um, American standards it's not um, expensive at all uh, so my favorite dish from Xi'an Famous Foods uh, is NS1 on the menu and I remember it as NS1 because I've ordered it so many times can I get NS1 super spicy, please? That's like my line. Uh, wherever super spicy. <laughs> <laughs> I order Xi'an Famous Foods um, 
near my former office. Uh, so this one is spicy cumin lamb hand-ripped noodles in soup. Uh, mm. It's so spicy, and the cumin flavor gives it an extra edge um, to the spiciness. Uh, so it's like a dish that really makes you feel alive. It made me feel alive, at least. Um, it was great, and um, I especially love the story behind Xi'an Famous Foods. Um, I think it was um, uh, this father-son team uh, in Flushing. They initially started the restaurant as a stall in Flushing in a food court. And then um, gradually they just kept at it. And um, the sound expanded into like a chain right now in New York only. I, I don't think it's available outside of New York at this point. And gradually they grew grew into the sort of food chain as it is today. And I think they expanded the menu a little bit since um, the very beginning as well. And I think the price actually increased a little bit, but it's still very affordable compared to a lot of um, sit-down restaurants um, in New York. And the food quality continues to be really, really good. Um, so I love it so very much. Um, what about a Chinese restaurant for you, Ang? Um, uh, I think it has to go to Xi'an Famous Food. And I am just really impressed at like how well marinated their vegetables are in their noodles because I normally don't... I mean, I like eating vegetables. Yeah, sure. But I don't <laughs> love eating vegetables. But, you know, like the marinated, uh, you know, celery, uh, like bits and also the marinated cabbage, like those are not like my go-to choice for vegetables, but they just made it so well and so flavored that you just want to finish all the vegetables in those noodles. So I would actually say instead of noodles, the highlight for me is the vegetable uh, I get from the noodles. Oh my God, that's definitely a highlight for me as well. The The way to marinate the, the vegetables is really just amazing. And I think um, it has something to do with um, their sauce. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I would uh, just add to Korean restaurants, you know, like I just feel like I have to go back to, to Korean restaurants that we frequented, but we didn't like actually mention. Uh, one of them is uh, Palikana and it is this Korean fried chicken um, restaurant chain uh, in Manhattan and some places in Queens and also Brooklyn. So they're famous. I think our favorite dish is the super spicy boneless fried chicken. Mm -hmm. uh, usually we uh, order sauces, sauces on the side, like the, you know, like very hot <laughs> sauce, like the super hot sauce. Uh, and also sometimes like with scallions, like the, you know, the, the chicken is just so well fried, deep fried, and they're usually very crispy on the outside, but tender in the inside. And the outside of the skin is just so crunchy. And because it doesn't have like bones, the bones are already like picked out. Mm -hmm. So it just makes it super easy to eat and enjoy. And, you know, actually can just swallow the whole thing, like a piece of boneless fried chicken <laughs> and also sip on the beer. So it's really, it's like the cheap mac there is just, it's just top-notch I would say yeah I really loved the combination of scallions and the fried chicken because they have such different textures and when you mix them together it's just such a uh, amazing sensation in your mouth yeah oh my god I'm just 
<laughs> I can't wait to go back to uh, Polygona. Um, but another one I think has a different vibe to it because the Pelicana we usually go to the branch we usually go to is at the top floor of uh, this food. It's called Food Gallery 32. So basically it's like a Korean uh, food court. So we would always go to like the top and uh, and just eat the fried chicken there. Um, but it's at times it can be a little bit hectic, right? Because there's mm-hmm. not enough seating and you like you always need to like fine it's like very bright the lighting it's very bright so very loud the, the as ambience, well. yeah it's really loud so the ambience is not great um but in in contrary i would but like the food is definitely really really good but like in contrary if you're looking for like a bar with great ambience you know like that's with a little bit of dimmed lighting i will highly recommend banja mm-hmm. a new uh pocha like which means like the korean um kind of like a gastro bar uh and it has like food they serve food as well and with soju uh or, or with makgeolli the korean rice wine mm-hmm. and i would highly recommend the squid and pork just paired with soju like mm-hmm. the korean flavor soju yum it's really good it's like marinated squid with uh the korean hot sauce gochujang and with pork and the squid and pork is just you know it's a perfect combination together i actually just had it for dinner last night wow i'm so jealous i really <laughs> i have to say i i really miss the food there but i also really just miss the ambience inside of that restaurant it's like a very um unique um pub like but underground pub kind of um atmosphere like you need to go yeah. inside and then it's all dark and but they have the music and they have the special decorations. It just makes it seem like very cool and unique. It's like a hidden spot, I feel uh-huh. like. Yeah, so, it's like kind of like a block away from the main K-Town Street. So it's like kind of like a little bit further away. But it definitely has that Yi Taiwan pocha, like pub feeling. Yeah. Uh, and they also play, <laughs> they, they have like so many TVs uh, at this bar, inside this bar. And they just play K-pop music and K-pop videos like nonstop. And yeah. I love that about it, you know. And also it's something of genius about like their ordering system. So like when you order, you don't have to like wave like for your waitress. Like you don't have to like stared at them intensely like waiting for them to pay attention to you because they have like a bell system and kind of you just ring the bell whenever you're ready to order and you ring the bell if you have a question and you ring the bell whenever you're ready to pay so that's like you know it's a genius it's like a very efficient system i agree yeah and and i would say if you want to you know put yourself in a korean drama kind of like scenario you this restaurant is definitely a great place to just get a sense of how it's like, uh, I imagine being a Korean <laughs> K-pop, uh, Korean um, pub would be like. Yeah, totally. So I think this would be a good point for us to wrap up this episode um, because I'm getting very, very hungry just describing and thinking about all the food uh, we Me had too. in the past. <laughs> so why don't you give our listeners one final recommendation? Yes, um, I think um, my final recommendation for our listeners or just for anyone um, else out there seeking out a good restaurant uh, is Urijib, um in Koreatown. I think this restaurant is so unique um, because it's n- not a sit-down restaurant per se, although you can um, definitely get food there and just sit down and 
eat uh, at a table uh, or one of these uh, single table stall sort of um, um, scenarios. Um, it's very special because they pre-make all the food there. So they just um, put all the pre-made food in like a heated container. And then you can go get all these um, pre-made food and you can put them in like a box and together eat it there. Or you can pick out a specific pre-made item, whether it's um, fried chicken or porridge or uh, yogijang, uh, any type of food. It's mostly Korean food. I think they also make some uh, Chinese food, but Korean version of Chinese food like mapo tofu or something. Uh, you can get that specific item or a f- uh, several of them and then just uh, eat them there or have them to go. Um, so it's really, really affordable because the price compared to the same dish that would be sold at a restaurant is uh, so much lower. Um, and the, the quality is actually really good and the flavor is good uh, as well. So um, I think a lot of uh, students and also just office workers nearby that area or tourists um, taking a stop, a rest, um, will come into this place and sit down and eat and drink there. Uh, so I, I really like that place because it's just like a, a very affordable place for New Yorkers after a hard day at work. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely really famous for its um, home cooking. And you can also actually, even though it's like a food court uh, style restaurant, but you can, it also feels like just like home, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they sometimes have like discounted like dishes as well uh, so you can like even get it to go for the next day so that's always the best part is to score some you know discounted <laughs> like dish at a, even more affordable price uh yeah it's it's great I love that yeah I agree I think one of my best memories from that restaurant is that there was this one time uh, I think it was like after 8 p.m at night and I went into Urujib and they have all these like um, dishes um, on sale for some reason. Maybe it was because it was that late. And I actually bought like three or four different items and together they didn't even add up to $10. Uh, so that was definitely a great buy. So I would, it would be hard to get any such good food at this kind of price anywhere in New York City. Yeah, and I just wanted to add, like, you know, finish up this episode by letting you guys know that some of the restaurants that we actually mentioned in this episode uh, are offering deliveries and takeout. So, you know, like, if you want to support business, small businesses and these restaurants, it's best to order takeouts and order deliveries and find out on their websites about more information since a lot of the uh, a lot of them are still operating. Uh, so we hope you support them as much as you can and also get yourself some delicious food. Yes, please go order a takeout or delivery from these restaurants. Um, I'm, I, th- I don't think we would recommend them so wholeheartedly if um, they didn't um, serve such good food and you know, give us so many good memories. Uh, I definitely would be rushing back to them once the lockdown is over. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in and please head to our social media channels. We'll be showcasing all the great food we've had at these restaurants.